Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, my fellow nerd, Garrett Price. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty swell. Not as good as Matt. Matt is on vacation this week, Oof. enjoying himself at the lovely ocean. We're recording this a little bit early, a week early, because I will be on vacation this week as well. Uh, I'm going on my one yearly anniversary. One year anniversary. It's not an anniversary. One yearly. One year tradition. Our traditional family vacation. I don't know what we're doing around here. <laughs> You know, it is, man. Like when you got to get ready for vacation, you got kids and family and people prepared uh, and trying to get all your work crammed in. Like I'm doing like two weeks of work, trying to get them crammed in in four days. I can't sleep. I can't do anything. Oh, it's just, it's a weird feeling of like, you're trying to get ahead, but you feel behind on getting ahead. And like, Oh yeah. yeah. It's uh, yep. it's stressful. So I could, I need, you know what? I need a vacation. Back. You know what? I think you should take one. <laughs> so we're here today and today uh, like a lot of times when we go on vacation we like to do like a nice listener bag show because a lot of people have questions it gives us a chance to like you know take a breath here answer some dynasty questions i know you got some good ones lined up for this week about when to read you know when to blow it up when to go for the ship some player questions here so we got some really good questions let lie ahead on this show that should help everybody whether you're a novice or a beginner dynasty player these questions are relevant to all, but you know, before we get into that, let's talk about our friends at dynastydepot.com. What is dynastydepot.com? A lot of people ask Well, dynastydepot.com is a place where you can go and buy dynasty fantasy football teams. This is a place that you can go and sell dynasty fantasy football teams. This is a place where all teams are an FFPC platform, a great platform to play dynasty fantasy football because they never had a league that has folded and dynasty depot right now with a promo code nerds, you can get their yearly membership for 1499. This is going to put you in a position to get on the leaderboard and your team will automatically accrue points to get into that half a million dollar FFPC championship game. You can win tons of prizes, but the best thing about it is you can flip and buy dynasty fantasy football teams. This is your opportunity to expand your dynasty portfolio. You can see, a team and you say, hey, with this team, I can do some work. I'm buying it. And that team may be a thousand dollar league that you could get for a hundred dollars. You may buy into a thousand dollar league with a hundred dollars, turn that bad boy into a nice little team, a contender. And then when you bought for a hundred, flip it down the road for $500. Or you might be able to tie a team in a league for $200 with a hundred dollar buy-in because that team is already ready to win. There's a lot of opportunity at dynastydepot.com right now for you not to only expand your dynasty portfolio, but just to be better overall dynasty fantasy role player. There's a lot of us here that put a lot of time into dynasty fantasy football and dynasty depot is a great place to take that knowledge and skill set and turn it into profit. Now, not are we not only just winning dynasty leagues, but we're winning team building as well. All at dynastydepot.com. Get there today. Make sure you use that promo code NERDS. It's going to give you the biggest, massive discount possible. You're going to get their yearly membership for $14.99. Remember, you don't have to do, you don't have to pay to look at the teams first. You can literally go on dynastydepot.com and look at all the available teams right now and see one, 
see which ones fit you best. Use that promo code nerds and be a better dynasty player today. Garrett, you've got questions. The people have got questions and hopefully we've got the answers. Yeah, we're, we're men of the people. We try to uh, do what we can here. And our first guy up is at Steezy Step. He asked, entering 2021 as the final year of my rebuild with five firsts and five seconds in 2022. So it's the final year of his rebuild. He's close, and he's got a bunch of picks for next season. Please talk about your roster building strategy. Drafting rookies or trading some picks for veterans. When is the best time to target veterans at a value? At what point do you decide to push in all your chips? Rich, let's let's take it from a – he doesn't necessarily specify if it's one QB or super flex, but let's let's start with the super flex and maybe we talk about the differences in rebuilding with one QB, but let's start off with the super flex angle. In this type of situation or just rebuilds in general, you have a lot of picks in the future already. What are you doing with this? If I'm in a rebuild and I have a lot of picks and this is the last year of my rebuild, I'm trying to be really smart with these assets because we all know first round picks are some of the most valuable assets you can. They'll get you players that you shouldn't be getting with that many first round picks. You, it gives you an opportunity to get a proven player. So if I have five, five, 22 first round picks, and this is the last year of my rebuild, I'm going to see how it goes in season, you know, because what, what if, what if you feel like this is the last year and then a 22 season starts off or a 21 season starts off and you start to you know, accumulate injuries? Well, that's not going to help your cause. Or the opposite, maybe your team starts to do really well. Then I'm going to start selling those 22 first to start a gain in assets because once these other teams, because it's weird in Dynasty, right? Like we never know how the season is going to go. Even teams that we think are contenders, if they start to accumulate the right amount of injuries, they, be, they can become sellers at that point. There's a lot of teams that have false hope going into the season. It's why the Dynasty GM is such a great tool on DynastyNerds.com to help you see where you sit. But one of the part, hardest parts of playing Dynasty Fantasy Football is to have a realistic view of your team. So you're going to have a couple of those teams that are going into the year that have un, like unrealistic expectations, and then it hits them. Your rookie draft's already done. The, the good rookie draft's already done in this 2021 class, and you're – it hits a mid season and now they realize they have to sell and they want to sell and they want first. So if you have five twenty one first, now you're going to start accumulating good players and, the, and by good players, they don't even have to be old players. You're looking for that team that wants to blow it up. So what I'm doing when I have a lot of draft picks in the middle of rebuild is I'm just self-evaluated, right? Like it's easy for me to say, this is a yes last year to rebuild. I'm ready to go. But how does my team perform in season? How are those guys that I'm looking at? that I expect to take big steps in 2021, are they taking those steps that I need them to take to be a contender in 2022? Do I need those picks? So each, t- I mean, I guess in a nutshell, Garrett, is every team is really different. Every team is specific. You know, I'm always trying to win championships. That's what I always try to do. I'm always flipping my first. I'm always trading picks ahead for players that I can use now and help sustain a long-term dynasty contender. When it's time to reload and blow it up, and then that's when I sell all my pieces. But even then, we're trying to win. You know, like every step of the way is trying to win. It's not trying to be stuck in the middle. It's just trying to win my league. And maybe I'm trying to win this year, or maybe I'm trying to win in 2024. Either way, those are my goals. I don't know if that really answers that specific question. That's that's my foundation I'm, I'm, I'm building with here. I know it was, it, there was no specific answer there, 
Right. I, I think he was just the, with the picks. Yeah, I think he was just asking like, "What's your?" Because his first question was the overall roster build strategy. So I'll I'll contribute a little bit to this because there's a few things in here that I think can be pit, pitfalls for teams. So you talked about, and I completely agree. You have to make sure that you you have to understand where your team is going to be at the beginning of the season. So it might be a little premature to either sell all those picks right away and get something, or, you know, you wait too long on some of that. But if you decide to sell your picks, let's say you start off three and out and you're like, my team is sexy. I can't believe how great of a start Najee Harris and Javante Williams got off to. This is great. My team's going to be way better, even quicker than I thought. This isn't the time to go then buy Chris Carson. You don't want to take this long-term thing that you started building and then all of a sudden start cashing in for assets that are going to only help you for one year. You built all of this team for long-term success. Don't sell all of these picks to acquire Julio Jones, Chris Carson. Like, if you want to trade some of your first, that's fine. But still talent or still target young, talented players. There's no reason at this point on your team you should have a running back over the age of 25. There's no reason on this team you should have a a wide receiver over the age of 27. There's no reason you should have a quarterback over the age of 32. Like, be smart with – if you decide to push all the chips in, if everything falls the right way, make sure you're still taking measured steps to to get that long-term success because if you cash in all your chips because you're like, shoot, my team's good, it's ready to win now, and you, oh, you lose in the semis. Then you just traded for a bunch of assets that are not going to help you years from now. So just be calculated and smart if you decide to trade those picks. Yeah, I think I think holding out on on stuff like situations that I do, I try to do that every time. Like I have, I'm in situations where like, okay, I just need a running back, right? But I know if I get that running, I have, I have a team like that right now. Like it's a really good team. I need a running back, and I have multiple first next year, but. I don't know if that running. I don't know for sure if that one running back is for sure going to make the difference. I got to see how the season goes first. I got to make sure all the guys I need to be there will be there. And, and you spoke spoke of pitfalls too, Gary. I think another pitfall is the teams that do start off hot three and zero. Right, three and zero is a good number. I like that you said three and zero because the bye weeks usually start week four. So being three and zero can it, it can happen often, just as zero and three, and they can flip both ways because. Dynasty is a lot of times about depth where the starting lineup's good, but now all of a sudden in season, you know, the, the, the bye weeks start coming in another injury pops up week five, week six, like your team can change pretty drastically when these bye mm-hmm. weeks start hitting. And all it takes is a consecutive couple of consecutive weeks of bye weeks that you have where you don't have the proper depth to overcome and win. And all of a sudden from going three and th- three and oh, you're three and four. Just like that, because of one injury and the bye weeks that fell in, in, in the place. And now all of a sudden you sold some assets and yeah, your team was better, which it should be because you thought you were making progress, but you just missed the playoffs. Or like you said, you just got into the playoffs and you got eliminated the first round. It's it's being smart with your assets in those first round picks. Like I like to trade my first round picks when I get closer to the playoffs. When I when I know exactly what I need into the season. Now I'm always willing to spend those, that draft capital or players. I don't want on, on younger players. Like you said that I know I want DJ Moore's of the world, uh, a player we're going to talk about later 
as well that's having some maybe legal issues. Uh, I'm always trying to find the right bargain, but I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to do that every single week of the year, right? Like if someone puts in my message group, I'm trying to make a trade. I'm sending them some trades for the players I want. If a player becomes available, I want to make that trade. In my oldest dynasty league possible, my the original dynasty leaders that started dynasty, mm-hmm. our draft is going on as we speak. And hallelujah, we just eliminated kickers in defense and added a flex Woo! for the first time going into year 18. You know, we just, just now voted every year. I've been asking for this vote for like 10 years and it can't pass. It finally passed. But the guy, you know, a lot of teams in that league had, had blown up their teams. And one of the guys had a lot of first round picks and second round picks already had a lot of draft capital. He was up at the clock at two, two. And my team is pretty good. And I'm all in. I should, I have a very good chance to win the league this year. Obviously just because your, your roster stacked does not mean you're going to win. But my running backs are Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon and Melvin Gordon. And he put on the block right away. Hey, two, two is on the block. If everybody wants it. And I immediately, I immediately messaged him saying, Hey, I'm interested in that pick. I sent him an offer. He countered asking for my 22 first, which I thought was extremely reasonable. And I sold my 22 first or two, two. And I selected Michael Carter. Now is Michael Carter going to start on my team? Probably not. I got Joe Mixon and Saquon Barkley, but we did just add a flex, which is going to help the cause, even though yep. I'll probably start Robert Woods or TJ Moore in that flex spot because my other receivers are DeAndre Hopkins and Tyree Kill because my team is sweet. And you know what I mean? So, like, that's an instance where, like, I'll, I'll, I have no problem selling my first. You know, I love always trying to be a contender, and I love always mortgaging my picks in the future for players that can help me now, that running back or a younger receiver for a team that has it. And they're looking just to get as much draft capital as possible. I like to always try and take advantage of those situations. So I like to sell my picks when I know I can win it or a player that I know I can win it. So I don't like selling my 22 first now for a player. I think can help me now in week one or in June that I don't like, I don't know for sure can help me. I want it. Cause what if he gets hurt week one too? And then you just spend that pick go all in. Yeah. I like to wait till we get closer to the playoffs to start making my moves. That's when I like to start making my moves, whether I'm a contender and when I'm blowing up, even if you can hold out, if you're blowing up, that's the best time to sell too, as you get closer to playoffs, because these teams are a little bit more desperate to give up the assets they didn't want to, because they're making that push. You know, they can see that prize now at the end of the tunnel in June. It's easy to sit here and say, I'm going to win my league, right? My team's really good, but come December, when you're actually about to go into the playoffs and you're you're in second place or first place in your league and you got the most points and all of a sudden your running back Chris Carson just went down or Joe Mixon went down or Saquon went down the torn ACL and now like you're that close to a ship but you need a guy that's when you get the advantage so it works both ways even as a seller like you could take advantage of that playoff push without being in the playoffs as well it's it's very important to time the moves that you want to make and not just make moves just to make them, right? Like there should right. always be a goal in mind. And that's to win a championship. Well, like I said, whether it be this year or three years down the road and dynasty is all about trading. So it's like, when do you trade and make those moves? It's when the, it, when the time is right and you get the best bang for your buck. And you do have to be careful in those situations because if you end up on the opposite end of that and, and, and you are looking good, you're pushing for, for the ship. That is when, Sometimes some of these deals get out of control and you all of a sudden are like, screw it. I'll give, 
I'll give you all five of my 22 first round picks for like two players because I got, I got to win. And all of a sudden you just get, you just mortgaged your entire future. That's usually when the first round picks are the cheapest after that trade deadline, they only go up in value. So don't just blow your load right away because all of a sudden you think you might maybe have a chance at the playoffs and might maybe have a chance at the ship. This would have to be your one piece away and I'll mortgage a little bit of that future for that one piece, knowing that will put me in the ship. If you're not sure that's where you're going to be, you got to make sure you hold tight to those picks because they're at the lowest value possible during the trade deadline. If you have, and I would say too, if you have three first round picks, it doesn't even have to be five. If you're in a position to have three first round picks, even if you're like close, that could be a real good opportunity to, to go all in but also still help yourself long-term. I made a move like that just not too long ago in my original league as well, where the team was like, you know what? I'm blowing up. I'm selling everybody on the team. And he had two young quality assets. And I traded multiple firsts and other players for Joe Mixon and DJ Moore. My team was already a contender, but I made a move to go all in. Joe Mixon ended up getting hurt and didn't really play last year. So that kind of hurt me a little bit. Came in second place. If Joe Mixon would have played me, I would have won. But here I am again in 2021. Joe Mixon's coming back. He looks great. And I got, I still have DJ Moore. So I didn't go all in with those picks. Again, there's a, there's a time where you can use draft capital to give up a lot of draft capital with players on top to go all in, but you're also going all in, not just for that one season, you're getting players like you mentioned earlier, 25 and under, which is always a great thing to be. So when it comes to draft cap, like when it comes to team strategy, every league, every team is different, right? Like, some teams, some leagues you're in are trade crazy. Some are Ebenezer Scrooges, right? Like it's hard to make deals to get done. Some people want crazy draft capital in return. Some people will just take first. Every league is different. So it's hard for somebody to go on a podcast and tell you, we talk about the nerds podcast all the time. It's why we kind of try to value things as draft capital, because it's easy for somebody to come out here and say, oh, why'd you trade for Zeke Elliott? You should have traded for Saquon Barkley. The guy would say Saquon Barkley. He's never traded Saquon Barkley, so I had like only get Zeke Elliott. It's it's finding those windows, finding those league makes that you can work right. with, and what players available. It's so easy to say here. Oh, I would have traded for Justin Jefferson for that price. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? Me too. <laughs> Me too. But he's not selling. So <laughs> every happen? league's individual. It's important a part of playing dynasty, right? It's important about knowing your league mates. It's important about knowing their team composition. It's the whole reason we built the dynasty GM to give you all the information, not just like a trade calculator and then that we want to give you all the information on your league mates as well. It's not just about your team. It's your league mates as well, because it's never just about you and dynasty. It's a team. It's you building this team, but it's still like a team sport game where you have your league mates, your league mates are just as important in every league that you're in because it takes league mates and quality league mates to facilitate trades, right? We all know dynasty is based on drafting and trading. That's it. And the funnest part is drafting and trading. So your league mates are important and having as much information that you can have in your back pocket on your league mates and their team structure helps you facilitate those moves. The tool, like we said, the dynasty GM that we built just for that, you know, there's a lot of tools out there that I want to help you with your team, but what do you know about the rest of the team? One, you got to know your league mates and you got to know their team structure. So it's easy to talk about a lot of things, but to get in there and do it, sometimes that can be difficult. We need the right tools and we need the right mindset to facilitate those moves. That's why Dynasty Nerds, you know, we, we built those tools and are continuing to build those tools as we speak. So to me, it's, it's, it's all encompassing, right? Like it's all important. 
you're important. The podcasts you listen to are important. Your league mates are important. Everything is important in Dynasty. It's why when we win, it's so sweet because when it all comes together, it's such a great feeling because you did it, right? You did it. There's no, I mean, yeah, there's luck that can be involved with a missed kick or an interception or a fumble or, sure. you know, uh, something like that. That's, that's always going to happen. But the league structure, it's not, that's why it's, it's taken over redraft because the league structure is something that you built from the ground up and it's that much reward. Absolutely. All right. My guy, Colt Donger Metrics asks, when are you guys going to decide to be gazillionaires and make <laughs> cameo accounts? I want Rich to flame my league mates very, very badly. Rich, are you going to be making a cameo so that way you can trash talk people in their leagues for them? You know what? I he tweeted at me this a couple maybe a month ago or so, and I like I wouldn't even know how to start a cameo, but that's fair. For, you would for this guy, I would probably start a cameo just so I could roast his league mates, and I would. I would literally sit down and write something out to make it as, as epically burn burn in as possible um, and great. So tell him, what was his name? Was his Twitter handle? Donger Metrics. His name's Cole. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Donger. Call you Donger. <laughs> remind me in 10 days uh, or remind me in a week or this week on Twitter and I'll look into it and I'll see. And I'll, I'll literally make one just for you so I can get out there and lo- roast your league mates. I'll have no problem doing it. So. Just you know, remind me on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'll do it. Just for, I'll, I'll do. I, I will. I'll just do it just for him. I'll make a cameo thing, and it'll just be for fantasy football. That's it. Nothing else. There we go. See, the funny thing is, you know, I know you have a couple of these people too that uh, originally were just like listeners of the show. You started interacting with them on Twitter, and then like they low key became you know friends of yours. That's yeah. kind of how Colt is. And we were talking the other day about this exact thing. And he was like, "No offense, Garrett, but." Uh, I don't think I'd really want you to do the cameo because I think you're too nice and it wouldn't be that fun. So I'm going to have uh, Rich do it. I've actually sat down and tried to write something out to be mean and funny at the same time. I feel like I probably do a good job doing it, but yeah, I, I love it. That's why I love Twitter, man. I love like, uh, that's what I'm sorry about this Midwest expo. And oh, yeah. uh, this August, like if you're, if you're not aware, there's a big fancy football convention this August, it's August 15th that weekend. That Sunday is this big expo. All the big dynasty sites will be there. Dynasty Trade Calculator, DLLF, Dynasty Rewind, uh, the Ball Blast Girls. Like, there's going to be so many sites there, Dynasty Trades headquarters, and we're going to be there. So if you are if you want to come down to Canton, you can come say hi to us and check out all the new cool things all these Dynasty sites are doing. Uh, but I'm really excited about all the relationships I've built over Twitter and my Dynasty friends I'll be able to put a face to for the first time for some of these guys. I'm really excited. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right. Uh, Chris Whirl at Give It A Whirl asks your rookie running back long shots, AKA this year's James Robinson. So I'm actually going to start with this one because I I want to give a frame of reference for this because even though I did like James Robinson last year, I was the reason there were a couple of games of film of his in the film room because he was a low key guy that I was interested in. We do have to put all of it in perspective. The reason James Robinson even got the chance to be James Robinson was because one, Leonard Fournette got traded. He was he was part of the Jaguars at this point last season. So actually, he didn't even get traded, got cut, uh, and then picked up by Tampa Bay. Then their second r- string running back, Ryquel Armstead, got COVID. So their top two guys, before the season even started, were gone. That's how somebody with enough talent got to the point where James Robinson was and he ended up being a RB1 last year. So I want to put that in a frame of reference before we begin all of this. 
chances are for anybody past the fourth or fifth round to be fantasy relevant this year, something like that will more than likely have to happen. It's very like almost impossible for a rookie that is drafted that late to be this relevant like James Robinson was in his rookie season without injuries and things like that taking place. So I wanted to start the conversation with that. Then we can get into the actual names. Okay. Yeah. And I got two guys that come to my head right away. And like you said, and going back to like our first subject about, you know, finding the right windows, when those guys pop up, right. Those are the number one players you should be selling. Like James yeah. Robinson last year was a hundred percent a sell. Maybe it would have panned out. You know, obviously, if you come on this year as a running back one again, that would have been maybe it's not their best sell, but you can't risk that. Like when I, I had James Robinson in the league, I sold him for a first round pick. That first round pick ended up being a super flex league. I ended up getting uh somebody like really good, like Devontae Smith, you know what I mean? For James yeah. Robinson, like something along those lines. Or, I, I wish I would have sold. I had him in, in a few leagues. I wish I would have sold. Uh, and it was tough because in my mind, you you're a team that doesn't need a running back, you know, but uh clearly, clearly the uh Jaguars thought differently. Yeah, you gotta you gotta sell those guys every time. And because you wanna know why too, for for somebody who's been playing Dynasty for you know 18 years, that those guys and like end up being long-term assets, guys, like they're very few and far between. It's 90% of them are gonna be one year wonders. Like Arian Fosters aren't a thing, right? Like we don't see right. the late round draft pick or undrafted free agent guy like Arian Foster come in and be a, a dynasty gold mine for multiple years, because it's already hard enough for talented first round picks, second round picks, high quality guys. We see now to be multiple year, first round right. running back one. So with that being said, I have two guys. I don't know how many you have Gary. I'll give one. You give one. If you have another one after that, but first guy that comes to my mind is exactly what you said. Uh, you need injury to come in, into effect here. So what I'm thinking of is, I have two guys I could put to uh, put that come to mind on this. One being Elijah Mitchell for San Francisco 49ers. Late round draft pick. Right now, the hype is on Trey Sermon, which is fair enough. So far, he's looked really good. He's a third round pick. He's going to a team that uses multiple running backs, right? Jeff Wilson was their highest score in fantasy football running back last year. No, it was Jeff Wilson. And Jeff Wilson was one of those guys. And Elijah Mitchell comes in here, really good in the outside zone, catch the ball pretty, you know, a very solid uh, runner there. Raheem Moster cannot stay healthy, very talented runner, but can't stay healthy. And we know Trey Sermon as well uh, has an injury history. A guy who looked really good at the end of the year. But when it came to the last game of the year, what happened to Trey Sermon again? He hurt his shoulder on the first play, had to come out after those two massive games. And that's that was it. Because besides 2018, Trey Sermon hadn't done much since 2018 till those last couple of years at Ohio state. And granted, maybe he was getting healthy, which is great for Trey Sermon. But once he finally got healthy, got going, he got hurt again. So Elijah Mitchell running back for San Francisco 49ers, any running back in my eyes, that's getting a lot of carries or opportunity in a Kyle Shanahan system, which he says there's only about 10 or so running backs in the NFL that can run his system. And he's got four of those last year. Then uh-huh. He then that they're going to have fancy football opportunity. And he drafted two more this year in Trey Sermon. And he got Elijah Mitchell. So when it comes to injury and opportunity, if I'm looking for a guy to roster on the back end of my roster, we kind of talked about Elijah Mitchell on the podcast before about a great late mm-hmm. round rookie stash. He's one of the first people to come to mind because 
of opportunity. And not just opportunity. If he gets opportunity, he's going to produce like Jeff Wilson did in the playoffs. Uh, was it like two years ago? Jeff Wilson yeah. had those two big games right when the playoff season hit. And rest right around the time that Raheem Mostert has the opportunity to be hurt. Trey Sermon can be banged up. So there's a good chance that he can get opportunity and opportunity equals production. And whether you have him now and you can use him in the playoffs or even better, you draft him in the fifth round of your rookie draft. And all of a sudden it comes November 24th and Raheem Mostert goes down. Trey Sermon's down already. And Elijah Mitchell's going to carry. He comes off and has a 150 yard game with five catches, right? Now all of a sudden you're telling this, you're selling this fifth round pick or first round pick. Not in 2022. Give it to me in 2023. Give me that 2023 first round pick. That's where you make big gains in dynasty. Flipping and moving those late round picks or waiver wire pickups. It's the best way to build long-term success in dynasty. So Elijah Mitchell's my first one. How about you? First one that came to mind for me uh, was Jarrett Patterson, a guy that I really liked. Uh, oh, was that was that your other one? No, 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 no. I was just coughing. I was. It oh, was okay. Not, I forgot about Glutey Minus. Uh, it was too fall, small for me to say. Missed him. Uh, Jared Patterson, right the guy, I I, uh, <laughs> I had talked up quite a bit. I really liked his tape. The question always was just going to be size. You know, would he be big enough? Uh, would, would teams be okay with him being as small as he was? He did end up getting picked up, uh, picked up by the Washington football team. And obviously, Antonio Gibson is a star. He is an absolute stud, uh, a fantastic player. But if we look at a situation like what would have to happen for any of these guys to hit, assuming Antonio Gibson goes down at some point, behind him is nothing really all that inspiring. J.D. McKissick has the passing down game uh, stuff locked down. But then it's Lamar Miller, Peyton Barber, and Jonathan Williams, a bunch of guys that are boring, not <sighs> exciting. You forgot we're not... in the league. <laughs> yeah, Lamar, exactly. Lamar Miller still playing. Good for him. Yep, good, good for him. He's still, uh, he's still, still kicking. So that's the thing. There's, there's really no other talented running backs on this team. Nobody that excites you. And so it's a, it's a good offensive line too. They just picked up uh, Charles Leno, Leno Jr. from the the Bears in the offseason. They have Brandon Sheriff, one of the top guards in the league, and it's an ascending offense. So if something were to happen to to Antonio Gibson, I think Jarrett Patterson is talented enough to do something with the role. Now, he's not going to be their starter forever. It is going to be Antonio Gibson, but he's the type of player that could be a league winner as your RB2 if something happens to Antonio Gibson. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Who, who's in that position to step forward? Which brought me to mind of Ramondre Stevenson for the mm, New England Patriots yeah. because this was a guy when, when I was watching his film, a bigger running back, a, a north-south guy, right? But to go into that, Kyle, that Bill Belichick offense – Right now, it's Sony Michelle. We don't even know if he's going to make the roster. They pick up his fifth-year option. They bring James White back uh, out there in New England, and then they have Damian Harris. So there's there's not a lot. There's there's a pretty. And he was drafted like what the fifth round, I think, Ramondre. Right I, I think he was fourth. Fourth round. Think... So even fourth round, right? Like I yep. like Michael Carter a ton. Who gets drafted fourth round, second pick overall. Fourth round draft capital for Bill Belichick is pretty, pretty good, good draft capital. Definitely on a running back. So. I, I remember watching Ramonde Stevenson's tape and going on his podcast saying, I like his film enough where like, to me, if given, I said, if given the opportunity, he looks like a hashtag two year window kind of guy, right? A guy could come in, 
and almost give you what James Robinson gave you in the right offense with a good offensive line and just eat up those yards. Not really viable in a passing game. It's going to be James White out there. But if get an opportunity for touchdowns and get a lot of carries, he could be the guy that could be a solid running back too that jumps on the scene that you drafted again, third, fourth round of your rookie draft. But he's even more so than a lot of Elijah Mitchell. That's why I said him for last. He seems like that clear cut. Like if you say, hey, Rich, who's your number one guy to be James Robinson this year that come out of nowhere? It'd be Ramonde Stevenson. Now, obviously, he's drafted in the fourth round. He's not an undrafted free agent. But that's who I envision with all the people in front of him who have injury history. Obviously, I would think Damian Harris is number one guy. Sony's lost all his elusiveness and explosiveness with that uh, those injuries on his the legs. Injuries, so yeah. to me, I think Ramondre Stevenson is a is the clear cut winner in my eyes for most likely to help your dynasty team at some point this season that you're spending very little draft capital on right now. All right, the last one until we get to uh, to our, our our friends that we're partnering with that I want to mention is Jared Dokes uh, for the Miami Dolphins. He's a guy that we didn't get to uh, in our scouting process and talking about the players, which I'm disappointed about because he was actually a player I kind of liked, and I didn't realize he had declared for the draft. And so uh, I I was disappointed that we never ended up getting to watch his tape uh, or talk about his tape. But he actually he did show a little bit on tape. He has some good explosiveness, some decent speed, uh, pretty good between the tackles. And right now it's it's Miles Gaskins. They're starting running back. He did play very well last season, but they were looking to potentially add a guy. Javante Williams was going to be their pick until we, we saw that um, um, that the Denver Broncos jumped them in order to get him. So I, I'm not saying that means that they're going to put a seventh-round pick over a guy that played well last year. I'm not saying that. But if, if he struggles, things don't go well right away, if he gets injured, whatever, the only other players that are on the roster right now, Malcolm Brown, who has never taken an opportunity really when he's had it, Patrick Laird, who's a receiving back, and Sylvan Ahmed, who he, he played admirably at times, but there, there's nobody that's awe-inspiring. So if I'm going to take a dart throw on a guy that could end up having a James Robinson-type effect on a team, he would be the guy who would do it. I'm going to also say at the end of all of this, I don't think we're going to have another James Robinson. You have that happen maybe once every five years at best. So chances are none of these guys will end up being uh, this year's James Robinson because there won't be one. Except for Ramondre Stevenson. Except for Stevenson. He will be <laughs> he will be the guy without a doubt. Yeah, uh, it's, but, hard, it's hard to find those guys. I agree. Yeah, it, they're, they're diamonds in the rough for sure. But if you're Cruises. good at... If you're if you're good though at finding diamonds in the rough, do you know where you should uh, go do some work uh, there, Rich? The toilet. I don't typically look for <laughs> diamonds in the toilet. Uh, I I know you're a baller, uh, but I don't even think you have diamond lace toilets. Uh, I go to Prediction Strike. I go yes. to my friends at PredictionStrike.com. If I think I've found a diamond in the rough, if I think Stevenson, if I think Dokes, if I think Gluteus Minimus is going to be the next diamond in the rough, I'm heading over to Prediction Strike, and I'm just taking a little look, a little peek-see at what their cost is because it's the only place that you can buy and sell stocks of athletes just like they were actual stocks. The best part is they have a wonderful app where you can take care of all of this because – most of us, we're, we're on the move a lot. We're doing different things. We're not sitting at our computer and we're like, 
oh man, I should get a share of, of, of Jared Dokes. I should do that. No, you're probably on so they have a great app that you can utilize. And best of all, with the promo code Dynasty, you can receive 10 free dollars with your first deposit of $20 or more. That's the promo code Dynasty to receive 10 free dollars with your first deposit of $20 or more. That's our friends over at Prediction Strike. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to put a couple bucks on Monday, Stevenson, on Prediction Strike. Might as well. I think I am just because just like throw five bucks on them. You know what I mean? And then yeah. come, come November. You probably get when 10 shares of game, them. Yeah. I, then come November or whatever time he has a big game, just cash out. Like he's, those are the kind of players that I would like to get in on. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. even guys like Elijah Moore are probably going up right now, but I think probably <clears throat> on prediction strike, probably the running back is probably the best, like, you know, like crypto kind of game, like get in, invest some money and then get Buy out. Low, sell quick. high. Yeah. Like, if you find you target like a couple of those running backs that you like a lot, like, or you think have some upside, maybe put like a couple bucks on Elijah Mitchell. Cause he's so cheap. Um, yeah. Put a couple more bucks on Ramonde Stevenson just for that opportunity. And then guys like that, you know, are going to get some opportunity like Michael Carter, Trey Sermon, because a couple of good games in a row, boom, they're, they're stock doubles. And now you just yep. make some money. So I love that. Now let's talk about another friend of ours where it's not investing. It's just investing in yourself again. And that's in dynasty and that's reality sports online.com. I know a lot of you guys have heard about us, us talking about them a ton here on this podcast, because it's a reason reality sports online.com right now is the best opportunity for you to be like a real life NFL GM and get that opportunity to run a team with salary caps. You got free agency, multi-year contracts, all your rookie drafts, multi-team trades, you use the franchise strikes. You can use contract extensions, but it's an auction-based website. None of this regular fantasy football leagues that we run, it's a new way to play fantasy football. And auction leagues are growing at a rapid pace. So if you're interested in that and you want to get in on an auction league with you and your friends, there's only one place to do that, and that's realitysportsonline.com. It may sound like it's a lot going on. It might be difficult. realitysportsonline.com makes it extremely easy to run these leagues. And right now you can go out and test your general manager skills for absolutely free in their mock free agency auction. That's right. You go to realitysportsonline.com, lock in, go into their free auction and test out your metal of how you would do and learn from your mistakes before you actually make those mistakes. And right now they have a great promo going on. If you use the promo code nerds, you get 10% off of your team or your league today. That's your entire league, 10% off. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Use that promo code NERDS. All right. Let's get to uh, – we might only have time for one more question, but okay. uh, this is a two-parter, so it's kind of cheating. So it's kind of two questions. Okay. First, the most important part, Chev D at Chev D. Chevin Nooney asks, can we see if – Dynasty Rich will bust out the crystal balls to see if myself and Evan Brown, who's one of our writers, will end up making it into the Scott Fishbowl. Can you uh, can you bust out the balls and see if they're gonna make it? It's been a while since I bust out the sweet succulent balls. It's, it's been uh, probably too long, honestly. Yeah, well, you know, I gotta keep them nice and cup, comfy, and you know, manscape come along and it get a little chillier out there and there. So he wants to know if he's gonna get into Scott Fishbowl. Yep. Yep. Okay. Sweet, sweet <laughs> balls. <laughs> will will he get into the Scott Fishbowl? 
the ball say it looks like there's a chance for only one of you oh that kind of sucks. oh but a chance a chance and that's all you a need chance for one is a chance for the scott fishbowl so, so is it gonna be like a hunger games kind of thing like I you know, two enters, one man leaves. <laughs> no, I don't know. It just says it says there's a chance for one of you. That's all the ball said. So good luck. Well, there we good go. Luck out there. You'll know very soon because the Scott Fish Bowl starts off soon. It's a great, it's a great, great league for charity. I absolutely love it. I uh, almost made the finals last year and a pretty good squad. Over this year, I could bring it away. The winner. All right. The actual question now: What class seems to have more upside? Twenty-two. Or 23 is one better for running back and the other for receiver, or is it pretty even? Well, this is an all you question, Garrett, because I don't focus on Debbie sure. or your. This time. really wasn't. I me. know from all my guys, which are <laughs> you and Jared and all my Debbie guys and Ray Garvin, that the 2023 class is absolutely loaded, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Especially at running, at running back back. And all, everything. So, you know, I'm just, all I'm doing is I'm trying to look at my, uh, our, uh, super flex leagues and how, how I can start playing ahead to get Archie Manning, uh, as my quarterback. Cause he's the next, <laughs> come on Arch. That's all. I was like, okay, so he's going to graduate high school soon. Then he's going to go to four years, three years of college. Okay. So like in 2027, I got to make sure I have the one, one I'm just playing way ahead. So for 2022, yeah. 23, that's too close for me. There's no <laughs> Archie man there. So go ahead and give these guys the answer they need Garrett. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you the evaluation of the class and you tell me if this changes your strategy at all. Um, and how you play. So from what I've seen right now, and, and a lot will change, there will absolutely be guys that come out of the out of nowhere and are relevant in the classes. It happens every single year. But from the bulk of what we see right now, the running back class in 22 is, is fine. There's a couple good guys at the top, uh, but nobody that's like, you know, oh my goodness, we have Saquon Barkley. Oh my goodness, we have Jonathan Taylor. Like, we don't have any guys like that. We have some solid running backs at the top. Three guys or so, four guys. And then it, it drops off and it's not very exciting. Uh, receiver next year will be really interesting. There's a couple couple good players, but we are currently, the, the guy that was supposed to be the top wide receiver in the class he tore his ACL or it was either his ACL or his Achilles. Like it was a, a significant injury. He there's a chance he won't play this year in George Pickens out of Georgia. So he might not even enter the draft because of the injury and all that kind of stuff. So Garrett Wilson from Ohio state is probably going to be the top or at least one of the top guys. Traylon Burks from uh, Arkansas is another good Chris one. Off. So it, Chris Olave from Ohio state, Chris Olave will be up there as well. So there, there's some, there's some players, there's some names, uh, but it's it's not this transcendent class by any means. There's not really a lot at tight end. The quarterbacks, there's like five or six good quarterbacks, but nothing like we've seen the past couple of years when we had, you know, Joe Burrow and Tua and Justin Herbert. And then this year with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Zach, like it's not like that. It's a bunch of guys that would be the third or fourth in those classes. Yeah, but a lot of those games, you that's the thing. And that's why I don't really get into Debbie personally because everything changes so drastically from year to year. You said there's no Joe Burrow. Nobody knew Joe Burrow was Joe Burrow it's until true. going to his last it's year. True. Um, you mentioned uh, – oh, now I forgot already who else you mentioned because I was like, the, I mentioned Joe Burrow. There's there's tons of guys. The that rest don't of the quarterbacks know. were all guys we knew about. Tua, Justin Herbert, Justin Field. Uh, Zach Wilson kind of came Zach out of Zach Wilson nowhere. jumped ahead of nowhere. Yeah. And there's – there's running backs that take big leaps forward because sure. they had such a good C-E-H, year that we kind of like Josh Jacobs, yeah, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, and then the draft yeah. capital changes everything. So it's so hard 
And that's why like I said, you know, I put, I put so much time into that from January until April, till May on rookies for that incoming class to make sure I, I have all my, I, that's the thing. I don't need it. I don't need to know. I'll watch all three years or everything they did in college in that window. So but it helps you it, know what picks you want to trade for though. That's why I have you guys on here in the podcast. <laughs> I listen to that's why I, uh, but, I rely on those but, guys. But right now, 23 looks really, really good uh, overall. Yeah. Uh, the, the running back class uh, on the surface at this point, tons can change, but we are talking the same type of classes that we saw with Taylor and Dobbins and, you know, see like we're looking at that caliber of class, maybe even the class of CEH and Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette, like, it's going to be in those type of echelons uh, as far as talent goes. So tier one we already, guys. what's that? Tier one guys. Like absolutely. Guys like, that, yeah. That will help guys you win. That, like they will come in and be first, like Jonathan Taylor, top six startup picks the following year. Absolutely. Yeah. We're looking at a lot of cornerstone type of running back. So specifically if you need running back, there's a lot of good tight ends that could be eligible that year as well. Uh, so it 23 is looking as of right now, like a great class, especially at the, I mean, there are three or four guys now that I would consider putting ahead of anybody in next year's class at the running back position. They're that talented. So it's going to be really, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out, but that's kind of how these two classes are looking. Knowing all of that, does that change anything for you, Rich, or no? No, because I mean, all my guys, I, I'm, I've already started, I've already shifted focus from 2022, like I did in 2018 to, to 2020, from 2020, for so 21, 21, skipping 22, all my focus on trades is for 2023, all my trades, because I know the guys that I trust are telling me, like you said, cornerstone pieces. So anytime I hear that language, then I immediately start to focus on it because those are the easier picks to get two years ahead too. It's just like we sat here in this podcast in 2018 saying, Hey, now we were, we ended up being wrong because 2019 was such a good class, but we said, Hey, go ahead and trade for the 2020 class. Right. And it, and it was better. It was better. You're right. It was, I would say it's it's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close, but you're right. It was better. So I want to say wrong is the right term, wrong term. It was 19 was just better than we thought it was going to be. 19 was better than we thought we actually were right. Cause the 2020 class was absolutely Dunley, like beyond belief. Those running backs, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson. I mean, the guys of that class are cornerstone pieces left and right. They're taking it in startups. Yes. I mean, you're talking about, you know, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, and Jonathan Taylor alone could be have first round. Like if the, either of those three guys went in the first round of a startup, I would not be taken aback. But either of those guys, after one and, year. And Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are in super flex leagues as well. And for exactly, if you go super flex, it's even deeper than that. So uh, that's how I treat the 23 class right now is like, yeah, you're saying the 22 is going to be nice. Guess what? Every rookie class going to, it seems nice. But I hear the word cornerstone. That's when I'm starting thinking 2020 OBJ's class. You know what I mean? Like those, you know, mm-hmm. was it 2014, 14 fit year down there. So like when I start thinking of those kind of classes, I like to start playing ahead. So the 2023 class right now is completely on my radar. Once once again, the season, all these teams I have either a 22 first or multiple 22 first, I'm looking to move those this year with players. Like all my trades will all evolve around that aren't strictly contender now, like when, like just about getting a, uh, an asset of a player. But every trade I make 
for this season, I will have the 23 class in the back of my mind. So any throw in I want, hey, let me get like, remember we were talking about like 20, 20 seconds, right? Like, hey, get mm-hmm. as many as you can, or even this class for this year, like get as many 21 seconds uh, as you can, because it's going to be pretty deep. Now it wasn't as deep as we thought it would be, but it's pretty top right. in Superflex League. It's pretty good at the top. You get Elijah Moore. So yeah. that's where I'm at right now. Cause then the more 23 seconds I can get now in 2021, the closer I get to 2023, if I have a whole bunch of 23 seconds, it'll help me start to slowly gain 23 first because it'd be so deep. So that's where I'm at on the class, I guess. Yeah. And, and I'm in the same boat. Uh, and, and once again, with a lot of the stuff you have to know your league, if your league is, you know, not as informed, just, just snatch up as many 23, like home leagues, just snatch up the 23 first as much as you can. If you're playing in some more competitive leagues where people have some of this knowledge already, you might actually be able to utilize this to your advantage too, because first round picks in 22 still do have value. It's not like we don't think there'll be any good players. And, you know, so if you can start getting them at a discount, utilize that to your advantage too. So it's just, it's just knowledge to help keep you informed. I don't think 22 is going to be gross or terrible. I think it's a fine class, but it's going to be similar to 19. It's going to be similar to this year in 21. It's going to be more similar to these classes. Maybe, maybe not even quite as good. We'll have to see how it all plays out, but It'll be more similar to those classes. 23 is the one where if you can get ahead and you can nab some of those picks and load up, that's that's what you want to do. So, uh, Rich, I think that's uh, I think that's all our questions for the first show. Well, right, let's go right into the Nerder show then, where we're going to answer more dynasty more questions. And then questions. we're going to tan. Then we're going to tan. <laughs> hey, I think you look good already, but if it makes you feel better. I, uh, I, appreciate. I don't want, I want Garrett, I want Garrett to be right. So we'll be back next week. Nerd herd. Thanks for listening. Adios.